Hello, everyone, and welcome to our latest Bread a Blue podcast. This week, I'm speaking to a central defender who crossed the Irish Sea to join the Everton Academy and is now a fully-fledged regular international footballer, Shane Duffy of Celtic and the Republic of Ireland. Let's just go back to before your football career. You played a bit of Gaelic football in Ireland, which is what yeah. Seamus Coleman did as well. Did that, did that help you when you became a footballer? Did it make you a bit more robust? I think it gives you that sort of background where he's sort of tough, sort of can can handle a lot of stuff where where things get thrown at you. It's it's quite a it's quite a tough sport and, and Seamus will tell you that as well. So um obviously most people in, in where I'm from, Derry, Ireland, play the game growing up and and Seamus was really good apparently. So um yeah, I think it gives you that background where you can go on and, and take take things when it's not going your way sort of and and you've got that sort of background of playing Gaelic football and and bringing it with you through your football career When did you first come to the attention of Everton then? So it all started when I was playing in the Victor Shield for uh, for Northern Ireland at the time so uh, and we played England and uh, David Moyes was the manager obviously at Everton at the time so but um Jose Baxter was playing against me, so uh, it was I was playing against him. He was playing as a striker. So um, and Moyes was at the game. It was at Blackpool. So and then we had a good game. I scored and I think we drew with England that night. So um, the next day, David, Moyes, I got a call up Everton. They uh, they get a they come over and have a trial and and ever since then I just kept coming over and it was and that was it. It's sort of, it's part of the culture, isn't it, of Irish football? The, the, the players who excel at football, you're more or less expected to have to move to England, aren't you, to further your career? Yeah, well, people don't understand. You have to move away from your families at, at the age of 15 and, and sort of go and live in the world, really. We were quite, look, Everton were really good. At, they looked after you with a family and they had the lodge at Everton, so... Um, there was like ten of us at the time in the, in one big house, which which settles you down when bit of banter here and there, and and you had a you had a family who looked after you. So, um, but it is difficult. Fifteen, as you as you would imagine, it's it's quite difficult to move away from your mum and dad and and get thrown out there. But as I can only say, I, I definitely picked the right club. They go there at such a young age, where where they put so much work in the the young kids and, and make sure they're really, really looked after. So if I went somewhere else and it might not have been that case. So um, it was, I was quite fortunate that uh, Everton wanted me at the time and, and I had a few options. So I picked the right club. Were Everton good with your family as well? Were Everton in touch with your mum and dad to say, listen, don't worry, he's in the right place. We look after him because it must have been a wrench for them as well as you. Yeah, it was difficult. It really was. And uh, Mike Dickinson from... Obviously, when he was there, he he was unbelievable with all the families, and he'd really make that effort of of going to let the families know that that your kids okay and your sick 15, 16, 17, the youth teams, and and they don't really know. You know what young lads are like. We we just want to go and play football, and mm-hmm. they probably probably want to know more than than what than what we tell them. So um, Mike was always always in contact, and and it was uh as I said, they were brilliant with them. How did you find the coaching when you first came over here from Ireland? Did you notice a, a, a different level of coaching when you got to Everton? 
Yeah, it was a big shock for me, obviously. I was quite lucky where I was still finishing my school, so I was coming on a Thursday, Sunday. I already signed, but I wasn't moved over yet. So I was straight in with the under-18s, and I was obviously playing Sunday League football back in Ireland. So I would before I actually moved over and, and signed the con- like from full-time, so I sort of got a little bit of that, but when I first moved over, I was I was so far off it, it like it was so quick and and physical compared to what I was used to. And and Neil Neil Jusnip and Kevin Sheedy was the the youth team coach for me, and and they were great with me, and they understood where I was coming from, and needed a little bit of time to to build up and and get used to the pace, but um. It was it was something I would never. I always thought it was going to be different, but when you first at a young age, you just go for a warm up, run across the pitch, don't you? <laughs> and I look as age, so <laughs> so it's a it's a lot different. But um, as I said, they they were great with you and and give you the time to build up, and, and I still think at Everton and most clubs now across the country, they they try not to rush the players too much. Was there ever a time where you started to doubt yourself at all, Shane? Did you did you think to yourself at any point in your development, this is not for me. This is I'm not good enough for this. Yeah, many a times where obviously I was I was living in the lodge with the lads, and so obviously you're with players who are getting pushed on, and and sometimes I weren't even playing the under 18s, and you're thinking, oh, I could be back in Ireland here, and when this contract's up, so you have to have good people around you, and and I was I was quite lucky. I've got that mentality of like. Just keep working hard and and see where it takes you. I was lucky that David Moyes sort of took a liking to me and and pushed me on through when I was when I was seventeen. We had a lot of injuries at the time and ended up getting a game in Europe when when it shouldn't have been. With in my position, we I think I played centre half with Tony Hibbert that night and mm-hmm. it was a uh, and it's just a little bit of luck in that. So, but as a question, you, you do doubt yourself obviously at a young age where. Where you're realistic with my, you're not the most ability-wise coming through. Where you had the likes of my, you had the likes of Jose Baxter's and, and the Jack Rodwells and stuff like that. Where they had big names and I knew they were going to go on and have a career. Where players like me had to really graft hard and work and and hope for a little bit of luck on the way. You alluded to your debut. Then you came on in Athens to replace Sylvan Distan after just 18 minutes. Uh, pouring with rain, if I remember correctly, I was in the in the stadium that night. Did it did it help you in a way to make your debut in Athens rather than Goodison Park in front of forty thousand people? I would say so. I would I would definitely think that, obviously. But saying that, with the Everton fans, I always thought they were good with the young players. You no know, coming on, making their debuts, they always backed them, and even if they didn't have a great game, they would always give them their full support and. It was it was always something when I signed there. I wanted to to play in front of the forty thousand Everton fans, and I was lucky enough to do that. But as I said the nerves are the nerves are still there, even when I was coming on at Athens. And Moisey gives me the shout. You have to I mean put me put my tape on too tight and everything around my calves. <laughs> I couldn't bend <laughs> my feet, and it was freezing already. So. Uh, I don't think any on your debut. I don't think where it is. You're still. A bit of a nervous wreck, so um, yeah. You were alongside Tony Hibbert at the heart of the defence. Was it a case of you looking after Hibbo, or did Hibbo look after you? <laughs> uh, definitely Tony Hibbert looking after me. Um, I was quite, I was quite fortunate because he 
he never really played centre half either, so he was probably adapting as well. And it was one of them games where we just sort of got pegged in, and and we just me and Hibbo just sort of cleared everything, and nothing fancy about that night. So, uh, but he was great, and he was always great. He was one of them who was great with you when when you first came into the the first team, and sort of made sure you knew what what you had to do, but looked after if you'd done it right. Mm. There were a few people like that around the football club, and one of them, I suppose, was was Andy Holden, Big Taff, because yeah. you were a similar player to Big Taff. Yeah, Big Taff and, and Stubbsy as well. was They were both great with me, and I was quite fortunate as well, because as, Moisey obviously was a centre-half, and, and Stubbsy and Taff. So when I was getting older, they were they were helping me along the way, and and Taff never used to let me do anything fancy, just get rid of it and head it and kick it. So uh, <laughs> it always it stuck with me to this day. So um, I, owe, I owe them all a lot. And, and sometimes I see them about and, and we talk about it how far that have come on and, and stuff like that. So uh, big, big influences on my career, I would say. You got that serious injury, Shane, in, in 2010 when it could have been really, really, really serious for you. It could have been the ultimate yeah. seriousness for you. How, how did Everton deal with that at the time? How did Everton Football Club deal with that? Uh, to be honest, I can't really remember much of it, obviously, when it happened. But um, the recovery the recovery steps and, and everything were brilliant. The dark flew out to the Dublin. The manager was great. They, it was obviously a serious situation, which... They, probably didn't have before when they're looking after injuries. So it was new to them as well. So, but it was obviously they've got great, great staff and, and great people as well. Never mind like what they're good at. As I said at the start, they, they let, they took me time with me. They, they didn't rush me back and, and done everything right. And obviously I was lucky to be at a club like Everton where they had everything in place. They, to be there. So, um, some other people aren't as fortunate, maybe lower league clubs where they wouldn't have had the facilities. So, as I said, very lucky to, to have the staff there and and they helped me get back the, back on the field, really. Did that situation, that injury, did that change your outlook on professional football and, and on life in general? Did you look at life a little bit differently after that? A little bit. I think at the start, I was really took back and... I was a bit nervous because the way I played, I was I was a little bit nervous if I wasn't going to be the same sort of old school defender, sort of throw my body on the line, and it was quite serious. But I realised after about a year where I wasn't sort of doing it, and I thought I need to get myself back and and get no fear about it and and just forget about it. Really, it was one of them situations where if I don't do it, I won't probably have a good career. So talking about life, yeah, probably thinking don't take nothing for granted sort of go for it go for everything and as a footballing situation it was get back to business really and, <laughs> and start heading some footballs <laughs> <laughs> two players who were very good at heading footballs were Phil Jagielka and Sylvan Distan and it was just unfortunate yeah. for you Shane that they were just so consistent weren't they it was always going to be very very difficult to prize them apart yeah, I was. Listen, I'm. I'm realistic. I was probably never good enough at the time to break through at Everton. But the only the biggest thing I can always take away from Everton is learning off them guys who unbelievable centre halves. Who listen, I I try. I looked up to 
every day. I was never one of them ones who's going to say I want to play in your position because I had that much respect for them and and their careers and and even how good they were performing at the time. And I was just trying to get every little thing off them. And some of the players in that squad with so much experience, it was it was like a privilege to be around that squad at such a young age and and try and take it in for my career. And as I said at the start there. I knew realistically I wasn't going to be good enough to break them down. I needed to go a different way and, and build my own career from from there. But um, as I said, it was two of the best in our house you could probably learn off for Everton anyway. And no better professional to observe going about his daily business than Sylvain Diston. He was the consumer professional, wasn't he? Unbelievable. And I think he was like 37, 38. I was thinking, is this man ever going to finish? <laughs> Give me a chance. <laughs> no. But every day in the gym first, in the gym after training, the way he ate, the way he lived his life was just the proper way to to be a professional footballer, really. And he's a credit to himself, credit to every club he's been at. And if you have half a career that man's had, you've done all right. Did you enjoy your loan spells? Did they help you? Yeah, I really loved them, I think. Maybe at the time you're thinking, oh, this is this is where it's going. But I didn't I didn't have that mentality. I was thinking, I want to go here and play, and doesn't matter what level or what club it is. I wanted to go and prove people wrong, and I feel like I've done that all through my career to this day still. So brilliant for me, made me into a man sort of at a young age, and realizing what football is about, and you can sit in the back room and like. There's kids who sit around the clubs now and sort of hang on to the tag of a big football club. And I didn't really want that. And and I wanted to go out there and prove and, and show people that I, that I can play football. So I don't think if I didn't go on them, them long moves, I don't think I would have had a, a, a decent career up to date. So very important for me. And, and, and two great clubs I went to, was, which helped me. So um, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, Everton always choose the loan club carefully. They don't just send young players out to any football club, do they? It's got to work for all the parties. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Everyone, when you want to go alone, you want to try and get the best, the best club, the highest up. But sometimes that's not the right, the right choice. And I think every manager I had there was was good at stuff like that. And, and from above, they they knew what to do and they done their homework. It wasn't like oh, just go there. It was. Let's see if it suits you and suits us and see if you can go back better and help us out in the end and, and obviously help you in your career. When you finally moved on permanently to Blackburn Rovers, did you feel in your heart, were you 100% happy, Shane, that it was the right time to go? Yeah, I, I knew. Obviously, Roberto was the manager at the time and they offered me a new contract, but we I, I sat down with him and I thought, listen, there was players like John Stones coming through and there was there was players there and I knew Everton the way that it was going. It was realistically not gonna not gonna work there for me because I wasn't good enough at the time. So we sat down, we were honest and and I found a good club to go to and I thought it was best for both parties really. You mentioned before, Shane, that you wanted to take a different path and build your own career. And you, and you've done that. You you you've you've proved to yourself that you are good enough to play in the Premier League. So you must take a lot of pride in that. Yeah, of course. You, when I've, If you asked me 10 years ago, I probably wouldn't have believed the career I've, I've went on and had. And 
I'm proud of myself for for digging in there, especially when a lot of people doubt you and and the satisfaction of going to prove people wrong is, is good. So um, I'm happy. I'm, I still feel like I've got a lot more in me to, to go and prove more people wrong again. I've had a little bit of a sticky patch at the minute, which which happens with a lot of footballers. So I feel like I've got the right mentality to, to, to get through it. And as I said, a lot of, prove a lot of people wrong again and, and go on and kick on again. Tell us about Seamus Coleman. Shane, what's he like around uh, the Republic of Ireland international squad? I think whoever you talk about with Seamus is, is will say the same things about what a man, what a, what a man, what a captain, what a player. Probably one of the, the best I've played with as the way he is about the place, the way he conducts himself, the way his mentality is since he's been a young age. A young age coming over as well and it's sort of the same as me proving people wrong always and says it all for him really to stay at a club at Everton for so long and have performed so well he's had some knockbacks with injuries and really close to him you know so I think a lot of people would say that about him where the heart of golden and someone you can really really trust in and, that, and that's probably the biggest compliment you can give them so just finally Going right back to the beginning again, no regrets about joining Everton. It was still the right thing for you to do, wasn't it? A million percent. I think I'm lucky that I had the choice that, that Everton wanted me. And and I was very lucky that I had my mum and dad, they convinced me to, to go there. And as I said, the lucky luckiest man in the world, probably, to, to play for Everton Football Club is still special to me. So um, I'll never forget it. And I'm just grateful I had the chance.